And this is the Northern Guide to Happiness. Welcome to episode 31. This is our first episode of 2022, and it's great to be back with more brilliant interviews with people based across the North. Thanks to everyone who's listened so far, and welcome if you're just joining us. As always, I'm here in our virtual studio with Andrea, Chris and Kath. Hello, everyone. Hi there. Hello. Hello. The gang's all here. <laughs> We're back. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> Did you miss us? <laughs> right in. <laughs> how is how is everybody? How are you all doing? Okay, I'm I'm hiding at the moment. I don't know what everybody else is doing this evening, but the, the Christmas tree is being dismantled as we speak. <gasps> oh, good luck! Oh, I know. Good luck! Good luck, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> it's stressful in us putting it together, but uh, taking it down again afterwards is like oh, sorry. I'm feeling a little bit less than happy because. All that shiny stuff is going away now. Till next time. Mm. Till next time. I quite like it when the shiny stuff goes away and you think, (laughs) oh, just nice space. You get the space back. There is that. Yeah, there is that. Our living room was starting to look a little bit cluttered. So it was, yeah, it was nice to sort of see surfaces again. (laughs) Definitely. Although I must say, uh, when I did that job, I sat down and looked at a, a flat surface from a different angle and I thought, hmm, haven't had the duster there for a while, have you? <laughs> <laughs> so feelings of housewifely inadequacy arose. <laughs> what about you, Andrea? How are you? Well, yeah, we yeah, we've got light back in natural sunlight back in our house now the tree's gone. <laughs> so that's good. Because I didn't realise how much had come into the house. <laughs> so that's good. We're all getting our vitamin D intake. Always good. So I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I can't believe we're into January already. Uh, yeah, so welcome back, everybody. Shall we introduce this week's guest interview? Let's do Let's that. Let's do that. To kick off our 2022 episodes, we have Sarah Sutton. Sarah works at Whitley Bay Big Local, which is a community venue based in North Tyneside, offering a range of different activities and services for the local community. We talked about what's been happening at Whitley Bay Big Local recently, including their own Action for Happiness sessions. Sarah also talks about where she personally finds her happiness and what it means to her. So enough of me talking. Here's Sarah. Sarah, a very warm welcome to the Northern Guide to Happiness. How are you feeling today? I am good. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining and that, you know, seeing a blue sky like that is always, uh, it's always alive now, isn't it? It really is at this time of year. It is. We've had some interesting weather the last few weeks, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's nice to see the sunshine, isn't it? It is. It is. And we live in a beautiful <laughs> place of part of the world, don't we? And so I, I, I deliberately took the long way to work this morning past past <laughs> long sands and stopped to get a quick photo of the sun coming up over the sea. It was amazing. Oh, it's got to be done. I took an amazing picture. I think it was on Tuesday of the sky outside the Linskill Centre in North Shields and Tuesday the clouds evening. and the wow, sun. Yes. yes. 
Yes, like my, my Twitter feed was just full of, of wonderful sky photos. Yes, they were quite biblical, weren't they? The, the, they were, the way they the, were. The, the clouds were coloured, it was beautiful. Yes, very yeah, beautiful. Yes, yes. Well, we're recording this on a Thursday. Um, has anything happened this week that has made you feel happy at all, or anything that you're looking forward to next week, perhaps? Well, do you know, it's. Um, I've been at work today and it's it's always a joy to be at work because there's just so many wonderful people who connect in our building. So big local, we have a community centre and Thursday mornings are one of our busiest mornings. We have a team of volunteers who uh, pick up food for us for our pay-as-you-go pantry. Uh, we've got our workers who are here as well and then the doors open and people come in for it's a happy to chat drop in so people can come in we've got volunteers um serving teas and coffees and there's a volunteer who also runs craft sessions and there's been a group of people sat making felt christmas decorations for christmas trees so they're making some for home and they're making some for us as well and it's just a lovely um place and just a lovely environment for people to get together and feel comfortable and yeah, it is. It's very, it is lovely. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about Whitley Bay Big Local. But before we do, could you perhaps just introduce yourself for our listeners and tell yes. us who you are? I am Sarah Sutton. I live uh, in Whitley Bay and have done for about 19 years now. And I, I'm a mum of four and I work as the Community Development Manager for Whitley Bay Big Local, which is a charity um, lottery funded to start with but we've we've moved on and taken on our own structure um, and it's about making Whitley Bay a better place to live, work and visit for everyone everyone, mm. so yeah, very interesting work So you've touched a little bit on, on what the big local does in Whitley Bay, tell tell me about it, what's it like, is it a happy place you've, you've talked already about people making Christmas decorations and, and it's been full of busy today but uh, yeah, tell me Tell me about it. What's it like? It is a place. I always say that our building has to be like the Harry Potter room of requirement in Hogwarts. <laughs> so whatever the, whenever the door opens, it, it is exactly what that person needs it to be. So, so for some people, the pay-as-you-go pantry is really important because we're collecting surplus food, we're reducing food waste, but also you know providing a lifeline to some people who are really struggling financially so that's really useful but we're also a place where people can get together and connect with others so lots of people have been coming to us we opened during the lockdown in September 2020 as soon as support groups were allowed to meet uh, and all the people that lived locally who couldn't do zoom or lived alone were able to pop in and you know they've made real friendships and have maintained confidence in being out in the community because they've had the opportunities to come here i i really feel but then we're also an art center we've got a couple of arts projects um we work with salto arts on carnival so the annual carnival that happens in in may although it was september this year because of because of the covid um but we're heading for may next year we'll there'll be carnival workshops Lots of artists working here, creating beautiful costumes, uh, music rehearsals as well. And then we've got Bay Create, which is an intergenerational arts project that we're working on with 
Bernardo's Youth um, Centre on the Esplanade. Uh, they're coming in this afternoon for their sort of uh, their Christmas celebration. So, you know, you can come in here and do art. You can come in here and meet people. Uh, we've had the Dove Marine Laboratory. We've had some researchers from there have come in and done talks. So if you want to come and find out about science, you can come and do that here. We also have Spanish lessons and the Youth Climate Group meets here. So it really is a place where anything and, you know, everything does happen. It, you know, always expect the unexpected we say because we, everything really happens because of a someone who's walked through the door and we do try to listen to everyone and if, if they've got an idea that they'd like to try then we'll give it a try let's see if it works let's see if more people want to do that so it's really about being really responsive to people the local people and it's also about helping people understand it's not just for those people who are lonely or those people who are hungry it's for everyone because it can be exactly what you want it to be I love the room of requirement analogy that's great (laughs) because I think I think it's really important to not call it an art centre or not call it just a a drop-in because then people who want other things wouldn't see it was for them and so it is about creating that really you know the doors open and what do you want well let let's make it happen for you yeah yeah we talked to Mandy Cresswell from Meadowell Connected a, a couple of months ago and it, it, it feels like Whitley Bay Big Local is similar to, to Medwell Connected in that it, it offers so many different things to different people, mm-hmm. um, as you say, depending on what that, that need is. Um, yeah. Why is it an important part of the community, do you think? Because I think that there are fewer opportunities for people to go where they don't have to spend money. There are lots of events. Uh, we've got, you know, Whitley Bay is well known um, for being a place where you know we have wonderful independent shops that sell amazing things uh the hospitality industry is really growing again in Whitley Bay but for people to be able to just go somewhere that's free mm. you know where where it's either no cost or low cost for for those people and and not to have that pressure you know you don't have to be a particular type of person or do a certain thing to come in here it is for everyone and anyone and I think you know a library is probably the only other place in town where you can go where yeah. it doesn't cost where you where you can hang out and it doesn't cost you any money well you can also do that here and yeah. also follow other interests I think it it is really important that people I think people really quickly begin to feel that this place is is theirs, that they belong Mm -hmm. to it, which probably explains why we always find, you know, random boxes and bags of, like, who left these here? Who do these belong to? (laughs) And it's because people have that sense of ownership, and that's really what a community building should be, is it's a place that people belong, feel part of, and contribute to as well. Yeah, yeah. How's it been for you over the last 18 months or so? You know, we we try not to focus too much on COVID and the pandemic in this podcast, but at the same time, we can't ignore the elephant in the room that's been happening over the last couple of years. How's it been? Have you had to change your usual activities? You know, what's it been like? Has it been challenging? 
I appreciate that sort of question. <laughs> I shall try and I shall try and tackle them all. It has been a challenge because, of course, we did close, and I remember back in March uh, 2020 when you know we took the decision. Oh, oh my goodness, yeah, we are going to have to close, and you're sort mm. of left with thinking, well, what on earth are we going to do? And of course, there was that period between March and September when the building was closed, but we didn't stop work because we knew that there would be gaps in in the services and the offers to local people. There would be gaps, there would be people missed out. And we partnered up with um, Whitley Bay Roundtable, who'd done some fundraising. They had, um, one of their members had a restaurant stood empty, but had a chef on furlough who was desperate to do something. So um, we worked together throughout lockdown and through the connections we had with organisations and just our local knowledge of the local area. Um, we were delivering meals every day to people who wouldn't have had any support at all. So, you know, the, we had the people who'd expect to be delivering meals to elderly, isolated folk, but then also some of the B&Bs where the single people who were getting no other support mm. and also you know there was one guy who'd been emergency housed into a and b and had no facilities whatsoever his meal had to be taken to him hot he didn't even have a microwave so you know we really did work hard with teams of volunteers to get these meals prepared and delivered on a daily basis we also worked with other organizations about well, we're making bags for the nhs and knitting hearts and yeah, yeah. and you know trying to create a sense of purpose and a, a reason for people to connect we did do a lockdown carnival in may 2020 where because by May, people were, you know, celebrating in their gardens and, you know, so in some essence, having a street party. So Carnival went round the streets where we knew there were things happening and performed the disco truck. And the art side of things, we were creating videos to show people how to do, how to make costumes and dances and songs and a bit of percussion just to give people because I think there was so much free stuff out there on the internet for people to have a look at but I know I scrolled past oh that looks good and scrolled past and scrolled past but it was overwhelming was a, wasn't it I think uh-huh. at one point there was just so much stuff yeah yeah but having the carnival meant that it was a purpose it was a reason to do those things and then there was a date when we could all show off and we even found that some people who would never have joined in with carnival and they, they said it was all right because I made it at home and then I did it in my garden and there was no pressure on me to perform. I could yeah. and people accessed the the activities in their own way at that, at, you know, at their own comfort levels, really. So we did that. And then as we got closer to September, we decided, you know, that we would look towards making the building COVID secure installing the hand sanitizer, writing lots of risk assessments. And it was really scary to start with. But once once we were in the building and it was open and we were welcoming people and making sure that people were safe, it just became second nature that, you know, social distancing and people, everybody was really sensible. And we just made sure that that people were safe and we were able to be open. And we did have a couple of reported cases, but no no known spread 
you know mm. you i think because we man manage the social distancing and the, the hand hygiene really well it meant that people could get together and I am quite astonished at how how well and how confident some of the folk are that are still coming to us, you know, well over 15, 16 months later because they had those opportunities to be out and among people and they're not, they're yeah. not frightened. So yeah. I'm really pleased and proud of them that they've kept on coming. But yes, sessions were shorter, windows and doors were opened and it's only it's really now, and and then we're having that turnaround again, aren't we? We're at the moment where we're wondering whether we're going to be continuing as we are. We've got a Christmas meal planned for Sunday, and my fingers are really firmly crossed that we'll be able to to do that. We just have to we just have to go with the flow, and I think that's what we've all learned, haven't we? Yeah, that you yeah. you know you can make plans, but you might just have to change them. And you need a plan B, a plan C, a plan yes. D, a plan E. <laughs> uh-huh. And I, and I think and I've always said actually that during the pandemic, it's given us it really has given us the opportunity to be the most creative we've ever been before. Mm. You know, we've had to think of new ways of doing yes. things. We can't thinking outside. You know, you can't mm-hmm. give up. You can't give up because there are people who really need the need the people who can think creatively and make and make those differences for them. So, mm. yeah, it's been a strange time. It it certainly has a bit of a blur to be to be honest. When you kind of try and think back and remember, it's mm-hmm. it's all a bit of a blur. But um, you, you touched on a couple of things there: the, the, the carnival and and feeling like this is the most creative you've ever been, and you know people feeling confident about coming back into the centre. Have there been any kind of standout happy moments, moments of of joy, enjoyment that that really stick out for you? I think the lockdown carnival was great, but it was wonderful to be able to run a, a standard carnival again in September. And, you know, I think people had a confidence and a need. And I, and I think that, you know, there was always going to be the two sides of the coin that people would be desperate to get it back out. And then there would also be this reluctance and fear. But what we've mostly found is that people are really hungry to be amongst people and to feel a normal life again. So during the summer, the uh, carnival workshops took place in the garden, and sometimes they were so they were so full because, of course, usually our carnival would happen in May, and so we've got that whole build up from January working in schools, and this time it was September the eighteenth. So we had to use the summer. We used our outdoor space to make sure that people would feel comfortable with that, but we had schools coming to the garden and mm-hmm. other community members as well. And so we had people who are coming every week and having a go at making their costumes and then people just calling in and saying, oh, I need to make this. And then when we actually did the carnival parade, the streets were lined with people and North Tyneside managed our road closures for us. And they, you know, they said the most people they've ever seen out in the streets. And it is that, you know, we were desperate to get back together and do... Do something. Yeah. Do us something. Yeah. And we're, we're social animals, aren't we? We want to be with people, you know, yes. and be sociable and, and be together. So yeah, that's that's completely natural and understandable. That sounds great. It was, yes. So this might sound like a stupid question then. Does does working in the voluntary third sector bring you happiness then? It really does. It really does. Because uh, it was interesting, I was talking to a lady yesterday, I used to be a teacher and 
and so much is based around you know academic success Mm. and you know people have to be a certain way and I think more in the community you're able to accept everybody exactly where they are and who they are and each each person's uniqueness can be celebrated so our team of volunteers is really diverse and you know it, it's just about it's about building relationships with people understanding who they are what their strengths are trying to encourage them and and support them as well because we have you know we have some volunteers who have you know very chaotic and um challenging lives um and probably take measures themselves to reduce the you know we've got people who really struggle with life and might have substance misuse issues but being there and being able to support them and and to value them when they are here and to really make them feel that they're part of something and that they're wanted here I really feel it is something you know really important it's it's about meeting every person right where they are at that moment so you might have some days that actually they can't come in and work with us but they could just sit and have a cuppa Mm. they can't do they can't do the serving of the cuppas today but they can sit and have a cuppa and you still make them feel wanted and valued and I think that's what it is in community is that we're all different and it's about being able to work in a completely person-centered way which is just wonderful it it really is and I think particularly our Bay Create project at the moment which is intergenerational and seeing how we've got the young people and all of their issues and it's all it's all coming out and is completely apparent to our older participants who probably if they weren't part of this project have no idea that you know we use we use pronouns we talk about our pronouns Mm. and how we want to be called and we've we've even got a couple of young people who are now using different pronouns at this stage of the project as to what they were at the beginning and having those conversations with with older people who've never experienced that and they have no young people in their lives so probably wouldn't and be you know just being on those journeys with the young people and the and the older participants and watching how it all works together and and having this wonderful vehicle of art to be you know at the center of it but it's just it's really really rewarding and an absolute privilege actually to be part of so many people's lives it is it is really wonderful i love it yeah i can tell by the way you're talking about it how passionate you 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 are about it all um Mm -hmm. we've mentioned the words happiness and happy a, a, a few times is that something that you think much about or not? Is it a word you're comfortable with? I think I think maybe joy is more of a... I think joy is something deeper, isn't it? And having that... Mm. Um, because we do, you know, I think generally I am a happy and positive person, but we all always have, you know, we all have moments, don't we, where we don't feel so great. And I think... We are running an Action for Happiness uh, series of workshops in <laughs> in our building as well. And I think having that conscious effort 
to be grateful for good things in your life. So this morning I was really grateful of the blue sky and the sunshine over the sea. And, you know, there are times where I think little things can, can get you down, like I've got all of this washing and then turn it round to, but I have an electric washing machine and we have clothes <laughs> yes. to wear and, yeah. and trying to be, yeah. you know, that sort of way. But, I mean, there are times when, when you do get down, but I think if you can hold... If you can hold the the good things in your life close to your heart at times and try and try and maintain that sense of joy. That someone said to me yesterday, Oh, you you are always smiling and I said, mm. Well, I'm not always, but you know and I think it's easier when you talk to other people, isn't it, that you can be more encouraging. I always remember being told once about, you know, you should speak to yourself the way you would speak to your best friend if they were feeling that way. Mm. And and I think sometimes sometimes we can be too hard on ourselves. And I think actually during the pandemic, I think there has been this sort of push as in there to be more gentle on others and gentle with yourself. You have to accept yourself where you are because you might not be firing on all cylinders right at this moment but having a sit down or even a lie down is not going to be the end of the world you can get up again later and do yeah. it and it's about yes. yeah be gentle yes. with yourself as as gentle as you would be with others yeah in our first season of podcasts the geordie guides to happiness we talked to elaine slater from tyneside women's health and she touched on that thought as well because that, that was recorded in, in the middle of i think the first lockdown i think i've lost track of the number of lockdowns we've had <laughs> but she talked about how actually it's okay if you need to sit in front of the tv and watch and binge on a box set that's fine if that's what you need that day. It doesn't, you know, don't feel like you're being lazy because that's what you need to do that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next day you may well go and be all enthusiastic and do something else. But if, if that's what you need in, at that moment, that's absolutely fine. And do mm-hmm. just do what you need to do, as you say, to be to be a bit more gentle on yourself. So, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's good advice. Um, tell me about the Action for Happiness then that you've been doing at, at uh, Whitley Bay Big Local because I, I followed them on Twitter and we've we've used some of their um, activities um, in, in part of, in, in our workshops. But but what are you doing? Well, I have an I have a particularly amazing. Well, they're, all my volunteers are really amazing, but I have one who came to me a few years ago and she was instrumental in our setting up our Happy to Chat and then she discovered the Action for Happiness and before lockdown she she signed up to become a facilitator and and did some training she went to the Happiness Cafe in Newcastle I think she even went up to Edinburgh to a cafe up there to do the research and find out what it was all about and we were going to be running the 10 keys workshops yeah. in our building and mm-hmm. then of course the pandemic hit and, oh. so, and then <laughs> so that couldn't happen but Helen uh, she st- stuck with it and then they started to release sessions that could be delivered on zoom so we started last year 2020 and did monthly sessions with participants and sometimes there were lots and sometimes there were not so many but I do remember we used to do a check-in at the beginning a check-in at the end and it you know the the, the slides the, there was a powerpoint provided as well but a real little sense of community came together in these workshops 
And I remember one lady at the end, at the end of the check-in, how do you feel now? She said, I feel joyful now. I'm Yay. going to go and wash <laughs> my kitchen floor dancing after this session. And everyone felt a real connection. And it it does work through, you know, the things that we know about being grateful, about trying new things, about being gentle with yourself, about connecting with others. So it works through a different theme every month. And since uh, September, they have been able to meet as well in our building. So they get together and it, and I'm sure a lot of you will have found that you meet people who you've only ever seen on Zoom in a little box. And then suddenly they're three dimensional. <laughs> they're, th- wow. they're 3D and they've got a mask on. You've got to try and work out who <laughs> yeah. it is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's and it has been lovely. And, and that will they had their Christmas due on uh, Saturday and there was just a few people came but we do it hybrid for those people and I think actually using um, online meeting platforms has been amazing because oh yeah really on the days where you can't be bothered to get out your pajamas on those days where you need to take gentle care of yourself you can zoom in and join and still a meeting. participate yeah yes. so yeah yeah, yeah, you know, I think that world being opened up to us has been a bonus. Yeah. Um, and the Action for Happiness. Yeah, we have a Facebook group as well. And, and Helen shares lots of just lovely words of wisdom to help us be kind to ourselves and focus on the good things. Yeah, yeah. So what sort of things bring you happiness then, Sarah? You, you, you talked about walking along long sands this morning and catching you know the the view the beautiful weather but you know what sort of things bring you happiness um my family um i think with you know when you have children there are ups and downs aren't there And, uh, and, and general everyday stuff can get you but you know watching i think watching the progress of your kids and realizing as well that they're growing into quite amazing people they're doing all right yeah yes in lots of you know never perfection because i don't think that exists but you know to realize that your kids just little things that they might say and you just think oh you know they're they're going to be they're going to be great people having having young people who are going to grow up and be a better person than you because they've hopefully had a better start and starting off point so that brings me real joy. And you've got um, four children. I mean, I, I've, I've got two. I mean, four. <laughs> that must keep you busy. <laughs> well, it does. As I always say that it's never boring, it's never quiet, and it's never tidy. <laughs> so, yeah, that is great. And I think also having things to do outside of the everyday life mm. is is really is really important. Something that you can just do and enjoy so I do enjoy music I'm part of a community samba band um, so I love making music with other people I also what I love watching my kids make music as well that that brings me great joy but I have um, I have a new person in my life who loves a project and we're on a project at the moment to cross every bridge over the river Tyne okay so right from we started at the Millennium Bridge and We've got to about Alston and then the weather's changed a little bit. So where the mm-hmm. river, so the river Tyne split into north and south. So we're going places that we would never have gone. And, and are you are you walking? Are you pogo sticking? Are you roller skating? <laughs> <Are> you... 
<laughs> we well, we are walking a lot of it. We're sort of driving to locations, and as it's be, you know, as we've needed to head off further west, we've we've had little stays away, and that's been interesting as well. And we walk over and cross the bridges. We take lots of photographs. And because we're very romantic, we kiss in the middle of each bridge. So, um, yeah, and so it's really interesting that we do go out and have seen places that we would never have gone to before and and learning history and geography. And it's it's really interesting. We think we need to set up a top trumps of bridges. (laughs) Could be could be a new uh, a new thing for for tourism. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it could so, be. How, so how many bridges are there then? I, I I foolishly thought that you just meant the ones in Newcastle. Then when you said Alston, I was of course there's more yes. bridges. <laughs> well, uh, there are seventy five that you what? can cross. Uh, seventy six uh, is including the one which is just a utility a service bridge next to the Scotswood Bridge. So, and they range from the, you know, the wonderful Millennium Bridge, Time Bridge, to tiny little footbridges that are clarty. One bridge that we had to climb up in the middle because we couldn't get to either end of it. And beautiful, beautiful viaducts. Um, so, you know, we are learning so yeah. much. It is. Ooh. It's an, It is an amazing project. There may be an exhibition in the future. Sounds like there <laughs> might have to be. But it is, it's really, yeah, I think it's about, it is, it's about, I suppose, a little challenge. And and it's really interesting because I'm not, I'm I'm great at starting projects, but I'm not much of a finisher, whereas my my partner Start a finisher. Yeah, he's he's a complete finisher in in that, um, in that assessment. So, and it's really good to be, you know, doing that together. And it is, it's an adventure. It's going out to do something completely different, something you don't have to do, but that you want to do. And I think that, I think in life, that's really important is to, we all want to feel wanted, not needed. And, and I think that we all need to have, we all should, could have activities that we want to do rather than need to do, because there's so much we have to do, isn't there? And I think Mm. it's about, getting that you know that balance of wanting to do things and needing to do things i like that yes want versus need yeah yeah so we we ask everybody as well um and you've touched a little bit on this already with the action for happiness stuff but how do you maintain positive mental health and well-being we're kind of asking all of our all of our interviewees just to kind of give us some pearls of wisdom some thoughts on how you maintain positive mental health and well-being and I know that's not possible all the time but what can you do I think that getting out into nature is good walking in the woods or on the beach I think that obviously rest if you go to bed too late every night then you do end up worn out don't you and that's that's no good (laughs) that's no good for anyone but I, I do think it's about the the gratitude and finding really simple things that you ca- you can be grateful for you know a cup of tea when you really want one or I love to see other people smile as well and be able to create that so as part of carnival my dressing up and and performing is a big part of that but in my everyday life I think that if you can if you can make connections with people 
and get a smile. I I have this thing, if you can make someone smile or shake their fist at you, then you've had a good day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about those connections, isn't it? About, I definitely think that connections are the, the, are the strongest thing that help you um, stay positive, really. Knowing that mm. you can make an impact on others. Yeah. Well, that's fabulous, Sarah. Thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure. Um, if anybody wants to get involved in Whitley Bay Big Local, find out more, volunteer, take part oh, in activities, yes. how, how can they do that? They can pop in and see us at the building. So we have the community centre building, which is the old job centre in on Whitley Road. And uh, we have an email address, hello at whitleybaybiglocal.org. They could um, they could send us an email. We're, we're having this big drive as well because we've got some funding to make the building better for our users, but we're also wanting to make it better for the environment as well. So if you've, you know, you've got ideas how we can make the building better for the community and better for our planet, then we'd love to hear from you too. So, yeah, call in and see. Come in and the building can be whatever you want it to be. <laughs> Fabulous. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. So that was Sarah. What do people think? As, as ever, I really enjoyed listening to to Sarah and she seems to have quite an instinctive style of leadership Mm. um so that was that was really enjoyable and I think what I enjoyed most um and something which resonated with me is she talked about towards the end sort of the the happiness of of hearing her children Mm -hmm. play music and I could completely relate to that because on New Year's Eve, we were watching the Hootenanny. Oh, yeah. And um, seven-year-old Alice got her out of violin and started jamming to Sunshine of Your Love. Nice. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> i talked to her about the lyrics later, but she really loved the tune. So I really, I, I really enjoyed that. And this, this notion of expect the unexpected in, in work and life was a, a breath of fresh air. So... Yeah, that was great. A great conversation. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed Thanks, it. Yeah. Chris, what about you? I'd I love the idea about the Bridges Challenge. Yeah. I just thought that was possibly romantic but heartbreaking. <laughs> just the thought of kind of meeting in the middle and sharing a kiss and then sort of going on. Uh, but I'd, I'd never thought of doing that before. Just thinking about how many bridges are actually across, across the Tyne, both Tynes, as it were. So that would be a good thing to have a go. But the, the other thing that um, it, she did make me think about was when she was recounting all the stuff that they've been doing during lockdown Mm. and it just sort of you know there's there's a growing gap now between now and all that stuff that was happening so we're in the in the more kind of serious lockdowns uh and i don't know but i'm starting to kind of forget what it was like yeah yeah completely and i I hope i hope people do remember i hope you know using whether it's a podcast or just kind of writing it down in a diary or something because at some point we are going to want to have to remember all this stuff and you know all the cool stuff that went on that and the kindness that people showed. So it's it's nice that Sarah was able to share some of that with us yeah. in that conversation. So yeah. thank you. Thanks, Chris. Kath, what about you? A couple of things uh, to follow on from Chris. A comment that she made very early on about uh, Big Local being a place for people who can't do Zoom in the early days of <laughs> in the early days of lockdown, which really 
focused my mind. Um, and if anyone doesn't know the big local building, it is a big, big building <laughs> in Whitley Bay. <laughs> and I was so impressed with all of the things that were going on or are going on in there. So it, it's a huge resource for Whitley Bay. Incredible. But I, I did have a, a little bit of... Um, explanation required because the Harry Potter reference to the room of... Oh, a great analogy, yes. I didn't understand yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to give any uh, Harry Potter spoilers away either at the Go same on, time, but ah. basically there's there's a... Yeah, there's a, there's a room safe, within yeah. Hogwarts which um, turns into whatever somebody needs it to be at that particular ah, moment. Right. That wasn't that um, so magical, of course, being in Hogwarts. So that was the analogy. So, yeah, I really thought that was a great way of describing the building as, you know, it, it can be one thing to one person on one day and then be something completely different to somebody else the next or be two different things at once for, for different people. So I thought that was a really clever way of describing how the building works. It is. Not everyone is, else thought. Yeah, it is like that when you think about it. Mm. Yes, yes, because it's got yeah. so many rooms and and spaces and you, you can't see in the window because it's completely covered in things that people have done recently artwork and uh, it's wonderful yeah. yeah well thank you very much everybody and thank you Sarah for talking to us if you've been inspired by this podcast episode then we'd love to hear from you we love hearing your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you you can get in touch via email, hello at thenorthernguidestohappiness.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at North Happiness and Instagram and Facebook at Northern Happiness. We're really glad to be spreading joy and happiness around the North East through this podcast thanks to funding from the National Lottery Community Fund and the Newcastle Covid Fund. So thank you so much to our funders for their support. Next week, we have another cracking episode for you with Sarah Bryson. Another Sarah. Sarah has been a campaigner for social justice since she was at school and is currently a community organiser for Citizens UK, working in Tynanweer. Citizens UK supports and trains communities to act together for power, social justice and the common good. So you'll hear me ask Sarah questions like this. So you mentioned at the top there that you spent a lot of your childhood feeling angry. And, you know, this, this podcast is all about happiness and what that means and, you know, also what, what unhappiness means. So did, did you feel, do you remember feeling much happiness as, as a child or, as you say, was, was it more sort of angry times for you? And hear Sarah give answers like this. No, I mean, I think anger or happiness, neither of them are a permanent state, are they? Mm. Nobody can be permanently happy. Nobody can be permanently angry. Yeah. We'd be very unwell if we were. But I had a very happy childhood. I think a lot of the narrative around poverty is very like a dysfunctional family with, you know, alcoholic parents and domestic abuse. And it obviously wasn't anything like that. You know, my parents were amazing we had a great time we just didn't have a lot mm. um so it kind of goes against the narrative in terms of what a childhood in poverty looks like from that perspective um and I, I wasn't until I got older that I realized I was different than anyone else really it was when the Sun newspaper named and shamed my school as the worst school in Britain that you begin to realize oh wow maybe things are different elsewhere so we've reached the end of another episode we hope you're enjoying listening to the Northern Guide to Happiness. Take care and see you all again next week for another episode. <laughs>